Oh, World Leagues. Tales of Tiny Gods from Brooklyn Games is finally live on Kickstarter. I'm backing it right now. On its surface, Worldlings is a catalog of tiny gods that permeate the natural world. It's more than that. It's creating a mystery generator and pre-written story hooks that GMs can use to create encounters for the curious to investigate. And remember, as always, patreon.com backslash Brooklyn Games. You can get a new zine every month. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian, and I'm joined today by, oh my goodness, more guests than normal. <laughs> I'll start with Casey Christofferson, the art director of the project we're going to be talking about today. Welcome, Casey. Uh, thanks, Logar. Glad to be here. It's good to have you back again. It's good to have you back. I, I love coming. <laughs> what can I say? And today, we're going to talk to Anthony Pryor, who's a freelance writer and, uh, and, and editor and author of the project we're going to be talking about. Welcome, Anthony. Hi, Logar. It is a good day to interview. Well, it, it's excellent. <laughs> and then Mark Greenberg, who's a project manager on this one we'll be talking about. Welcome, Mark. I'm thrilled to be here for the first time. <laughs> now, the book that we're talking about is Gods of the Empires. That's what we're calling it. This is something that I think I've expressed before that I really want because I've ran some Lost Lands campaigns over the years. And a deity's book for the Lost Lands is essentially what this is. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. What can you all tell us that what we're going to get in this? <laughs> uh, you want me to? You want me to take this one? Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, the gods of the Lost Lands have been spread over many, many publications over the years. Many adventures. Some have gods that are only found in that particular publication, etc. It was. Uh, kind of the wild west out there it was a free-for-all creation of gods and that's great and that's awesome and so after a certain period of time it seemed like a good idea to put them all in one place which is what we have done every single god that that we could find uh <laughs> found throughout <laughs> the many 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 publications of uh frog god is is now put in one place and well, all actually i I, I got to stop us for a second there. It's not all of them. Oh, okay. After, after Anthony turned over the manuscript, we were at around, I want to say 200,000 words, oh maybe a little yes, more than that. Yes. And it was going to be an unwieldy large book. It would have been like, like the, <laughs> would, have been, would have been like the world of the lost lands. And, it, and we felt that it was going to be, it was the price points when it was going to be too high for folks. I, I, I stand corrected on that. The original manuscript contained everything that we could find. It has now been uh, being reduced to uh, bite-sized and hopefully more affordable, shorter works. Right. But the complete set will contain all or almost all of... I, I can speak a little bit on that, yeah. Yes. We have about... Uh, th this comprises, I believe, two of the pantheons that are uh, pretty essential across a lot of the uh, the area of the Lost Lands, the Akados, uh region and we have about two or three more similar size products uh that will eventually roll out we'll have volume two this is volume one so this is the gods of the empires and uh mark chose the uh, biggest empires that have the most impact on the uh campaign setting and which two empires are those that's a mark that would be the uh that would be the the hyperboreans and what the foer or 
Foer or the 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 the, the Fordwaith. Fordwaith. Yes, which I had to I had to learn how to spell that. So did I. Uh, so so that's then that's that's one I've always wondered how to pronounce properly because I heard somewhere that it was supposed to be done with more of a French pronunciation, which. Despite the fact that I had family who spoke French when I was a child, it was never passed down. <laughs> there's there's yeah. been a lot of debate over the pronunciation. I usually say if if it's referred to as the kingdom, it's the kingdom of Foer, but Foer de Waith is a little too hard to say. So I always go with Ford Waith. That sounds about where I've been pronouncing it. Ford Waithian, Ford Waith. <laughs> that works for me. The Lost Lands itself is a pretty robust setting, and maybe not all our listeners are familiar with the setting itself. So could you tell a little bit about that setting and, and what they can expect to find if they want to run a Lost Lands campaign? I, I, th- I think I think Mark's the man here. Mark's the man. Yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. Well, I mean, um, the, the Lost Lands was originally uh, Bill Webb's ca- home campaign world back from, you know, a long, long time ago. And at some point, in case you may know more about this than I do, it got carried over and became sort of the setting in which a lot of the Necromancer games and Frog God games adventures ended up being placed. The complication is you know, authors only wrote one or a couple of adventures, not necessarily a series. And so you had a lot of writing into the Lost Lands, their own stuff. And so actually a few years ago, we finally put it all together into one massive tome, The World of the Lost Lands. And uh, it is now all in one single place, although we continue to write more adventures, of course, and therefore <laughs> it expands beyond what was in the book. So it's it's a huge, expansive world. Uh, it's measured at about twice actually the size of the Earth, and there are hundreds of adventures set in it, which is why there's so many gods and why it was so hard to decide what to do with this gods book to make it, it reasonable. But you know, the people who are most familiar with the Lost Lands may be playing Rappanathic or Sword of Air or the Borderland Provinces or Sundered Kingdoms, all of which are set on the continent of Akados, and all of which were heavily influenced by the Hyperborean Empire, which was, you know, which dissolved a long time ago, and its successor, uh, the Kingdom of Foer. And so that's why it seemed to make the most sense to start with these gods for volume one, because if you're playing in the Lost Lands, the gods you're probably seeing in the books are going to be the ones you're going to see in this volume. Excellent. Excellent. Now, like, uh, let me ask about specific gods real quick. I'm curious. There, there's some some background between like Tyr and Mir. Is that pronounced correctly? And and and, and there was there was a third deity involved with them. Are they they were siblings? If I'm remembering correctly, mm-hmm. how 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 often how on am I on this? <laughs> no, you're right. You're right on track. Uh, is it is it Arden? Is the is the other brother correct? There so was a there was a third that was Mira, killed by Orcus Arden, or something like that. That was that was Arden. That was yeah, Arden. And devoured by Sathaga, I believe, was the the final. Actually, I believe of the three gods, it wasn't. It, people think it is Arden. Okay, but it's actually not. It's it's been a bit of a mystery, and, although it is disclosed in the book. I don't know if we should yes. be saying it out loud. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you'll 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 have to read the book to find yeah, out. You'll have to read the book. According to the lore, that third god has been been killed, erased, and 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 is like of the temples. Well, according to previous adventures, at least mm-hmm. that temp- is correct. The, the temples and stuff—they kind of been wiped out of existence. If I'm correct, is that 
That is that is correct. Arden is also a dead god, and so that's why many believe that Arden was the the third of uh, the three. But there isn't. There might be another dead god. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe oh. you should read the book. I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely going to be reading the book. <laughs> I'm a that's I'm a Lost too. Lands fan, uh, and I and I've run some a few Lost Lands campaigns, so I am excited about this because this is one of the Lost the World of Lost Lands book was one that I was looking forward to for years. When the Kickstarter came out, I was right there. I was excited, thrilled to get it. It came in. First thing I did was start cracking it open and reading through all the lore there. So I'm definitely thrilled and excited about this God's book because that's the other one I've been waiting for for years, especially when setting up my games and telling people what deities they can choose. There's little sections mm-hmm. at the back of some of the books that gives you a few of the deities. But I tend to pull out a few different books. Like Here's the deities available in this world, but having them in one place. I'm excited for it, not going to lie. There, There is some new lore revealed, uh, so uh, there's definitely something for uh, for the lore heads to get into there, definitely. For the first time, we've got details about the churches. We've got uh, descriptions of the saints. You know, there's a bunch of saints that have been referred to in the books, uh, scattered, and some of them, nothing has ever been written before. And so now you can actually, if you really want to play something and understand how the the, the church of air works you got it now yeah excellent so, so can we get a little idea more insight on the church of for 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 has it for for year for year for for i say for waithian i ford waith for year i feel Anthony? like i'm saying i feel like i'm saying the the wrong word still <laughs> the, i've got the manuscript open in front of me here uh it's been it's been a while so you, you got any thoughts on that mark i'm i'm still kind of looking at my notes here <laughs> So. so 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 we talk a bit about the um you know for example th- there's been descriptions of cathedral cities mm-hmm. which have been dedicated to different gods yeah um all almost all of which I think we actually may have missed one is is in the world of the lost lands described but here we have more detail on the cathedral cities on the god that is its patron and and a little bit about why it's the patron of of that particular uh, city we talk about the hierarchy uh, within the church so if you want to understand, you know, where your cleric may fit in the church, you've actually now got some description that you can 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 dig into to figure out where you fit and and how that might affect your adventures going forward. And as I said, you know, there's information, biographical information about a bunch of the saints, many of which play important roles in some of the existing adventures. And obviously, a DM's free to use that uh, and expand upon that as well. So there's there's quite a bit of new information there that has been hinted at, but it's never really been described. One aspect is that the 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 uh, representatives of the different gods have a fair amount of autonomy uh, in uh, in in how they worship and. Uh, who they work with and that sort of thing. They all are theoretically subject to a high church, but the faith has become so widespread that there's going to be a lot of local variation and stuff like that. So your characters, your players are not necessarily going to be bound to uh, a really rigid interpretation. They could be from, uh, they could be uh, uh, worshipers of one particular God and, be in a sect that maybe differs a bit from the mainstream. So it gives the game master and the players a lot of flexibility in terms of how they uh, how they worship their deities and how they practice their faith. Get a chance to deviate there with your character, do it slightly yes. different. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 
Now, there's over probably over 20 years worth of adventures set in this world. And that seems like a lot to comb through and find all the different different deities. I'm curious how that project, because I know going through and setting out the world seemed to be a huge project. And, and Mark, you were a, a part of that big project with the World of the Lost Lands book. Could you speak to some of that, trying to trying to seek out what was there and what keeping any kind of continuity or throwing out continuity and stuff like that? My uh, role in it was to sort of bring everything together. And I tried as much as I could to keep everything as it was written in the original products. In some cases, the, you know, we may had to tweak a few things here and there to make them consistent. And there were, like I said, there were gods that were mentioned in one product, but we still use that. The uh, necropolis, for example, the yes. uh, Egyptian style fates, there were a lot of those guys uh, in that particular product. There was a huge number and they were all based on historical uh, Egyptian deities, which was, you know, bringing this into a fantasy world where they weren't necessarily related to the world, because I don't believe that that was originally intended to be part of a bigger setting and so we incorporated that as mark was discussing we incorporated that into the larger into the larger setting and took these guys more or less whole cloth from the egyptian pantheon and dropped them in made some changes to make it consistent with lost lands uh and it was really an attempt to get everything as i said everything that was written into one place and even the more obscure ones and who knows, there may have been some that slipped through. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure we got all of them because <laughs> we have, I, we all have a big, huge file of all of the Frog God and Necromancer products going back many, many years. <laughs> over, over 22 years for sure that I've been involved in it. A little backstory on that. Um, okay, uh, Bill Webb's old uh, Business partner, Clark Peterson, one of the original creators of Necromancer Games, one of the original founders of Necromancer Games, and a big, big, big push person for the uh, uh, OSR, you know, uh, not OSR, yeah, the, the, the document, SRD, System, Re Re System Reference Document for Publishing in uh, uh, using Dungeons & Dragons rules. Uh, Clark was a big part because he's a lawyer and he was a big part of uh, uh, really pushing to open that up and allow all of us to be able to sit here and, and talk about our creations with you. They were roommates in college. So Clark played in rap and ethics. Some of the stuff he brought to the table, he had the idea of Bardsgate and he ran it off of like a five page uh, outline, you know, in his day. And a lot of the gods originally appeared in Bardsgate, which uh, I was tasked to uh, take uh, about 50 fan submissions, plus my own work, plus his outline Turned that into uh, the, the Bardsgate product the first time around back uh, about 20, 18, 20 years ago. So they, everyone who's had a part of the Necromancer Games or Frog God Legacy has put their timestamp, their imprint, their deities into this and also kind of tried, many of them tried to uh, mix in with the other, other players. So when you see a lot of the products and it references another book or another adventure, you know, that's to, to give our, our players and our game masters a, a sense of, uh, of place and identity and to say, hey, this is our different unique thing that you can add your stamp to as well. So, yeah, uh, I'd get an outline or whatever. It's like, uh, you know, OK, we need a river god. 
Okay. So I'd get on the old uh, internets back then and look up 50 different river gods and uh, say, okay, what do they all have in common thematically and come up with a name that sounded cool. That didn't sound like it was made up out of, uh, you know, I don't know. A random name generator. <laughs> yeah, It sounded yeah. like it came from somewhere. And uh, so, you know, you end up with Kami and the river God and that's how you, that's how we got those kind of things or uh, Pecco or, or any of those kind of, kind of guys, you know, I, I noticed when I was writing through that stuff with Bardsgate, we had some uh, missing pieces and I noticed that uh, one of the gods or one of the heroes I came up with once upon a time, it's like, uh, I just said it and it sounded funny and I wrote it down and uh, then like four other authors took that character and ran with it and added it. So we've got all of this stuff about Acker Bakker, right? It's like <laughs> ancient, ancient warlord, you know, and now there's like whole other books written about it. And that stuff just blows my mind. I'm just, it's such a great business to be involved in with so many great, wonderful, creative people I've had the opportunity to work with over the years. So I'm really excited about this book because I got to do the art direction, got to see a lot of cool things that I helped to create 20 years ago. And then, you know, Anthony and Mark came in and said, okay, we're going to make this into an actual viable product because we know you don't have time. Awesome. Love it. Great. Um, I, I would probably uh, add to the fact that there is such a diversity of people who have contributed to it that kind of duplicates the sense of the real world where all the fates develop separately and all have their own specific qualities and cultures. And the fact that we've got so many different authors that have contributed to this, this gives a range of deities, religions, faiths, traditions, etc. that I, you know, modestly would say I have not really seen uh, in very many other products. I, I think one of, the, one of the cool parts about it, frankly, is because it wasn't, while there was sort of a master plan, there wasn't really a master plan, right? And and so a lot of authors would write something and then somebody would see something in somebody else's product and use that in a way that wasn't consistent. Yeah. And we sort of leaned into that instead of sort of saying, well, we've got to pick one or the other, the real world, you know, gods were worshiped, you know, similar gods worshiped in different ways across different times, across different cultures. And so, you know, it actually in many ways creates a sense of a living world and not just one where we sort of have the, eight gods and there's only the eight <laughs> gods and worldwide they're all worshiped the exact same way they're not um and that's actually something that we were able to lean into and really create i think a vibrant sense of of worship where you have one god who's worshiped you know on the continent of akados in one way and worshiped in a totally different way on the continent of libanos and that's cool. And their two churches don't always agree with each other and that's okay. And, and that, and that, and that, and that really matches, I think a real world feel that may have been accidentally created that way, but yeah. works really well. Yeah. I, I can give an example of that. Most of the uh, paladins who live in the Lear Valley worship uh, Muir and Tyr, you know, and uh, they've lost their great mother temple and they're basically hiding out in Bardsgate trying to figure out a way to get it all back. You go to Libanos and it's like more of a real, I don't want to call it Spanish Inquisition style feel, but <laughs> they have a very strong belief in how they, uh, how they worship and they're not going to be defeated and destroyed by anybody. And, you know, uh, they're, they're, they, they have a plan for if anybody comes for them, you know, and, uh, and so it's, it's like just looking at the, the difference with how, how harshly one follows the path versus how, you know, the more, uh, I don't know what the word is, but uh, I wouldn't say lax, but it's just a, 
it's a different vibe for how they both follow the same the same deity and practice the same faith. But at the end of the day, they do still have the same goals and they also do still have the same amount of grace from their deity that they would have got either way, you know? So it's really cool. And, And that's just in reality. When you look at any religion, there are so many different what denominations and sects and factions within reality within religions and the real world that it would make sense that there would be a diversity of denominations and sections and factions within a fantasy world's religions as well in my mind yep yeah there's also the notion uh, a, a lot of times one of the, one of the uh, uh issues that i take with uh conventional role-playing games is there's a pantheon and you worship one of the gods yeah. You know, I am a I am a worshiper of X God. I am a cleric of X God. And you don't always really see that in the real world. You see I am a, a priest of the pantheon uh, and I specifically worship this one, but I also revere and pay tribute mm-hmm. to all the others in the pantheon. And I feel like uh, inadvertently, almost, we've created this uh, really wonderfully chaotic, diverse uh, religious world for this uh, for this setting. I don't think that was even our intention, but uh, as a result of the way that the adventures and the settings were written for this product, we've managed to do a pretty good job of of creating something that's a lot more diverse and chaotic and really, I think, interesting. Uh, than than a lot of other uh, than a lot of other pantheons and religious systems. When Frog uh, Necromancer Games, we'll start with there because that was it was originally the company was Necromancer Games, and then putting out a lot of these earlier modules, they were being put out for third edition, and then eventually there was Pathfinder, Swords and Wizardry editions, and now there's a lot of fifth editions coming out. And there's also I know you all have been looking at putting out C and C and. Mm-hmm. OSE books as well, but the the World of the Lost Lands book itself is system neutral. I'm curious, what can we expect for editions or system neutral or whatnot from the gods book that's going to be coming out from the gods of the empires? This is the same thing. This is system agnostic, mm-hmm. uh, and which is great because you can, you know, uh, you don't have to buy a different version if you're playing OS. OSR or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine the individual products will probably have the details on, uh, you know, adventures and things will have details on clerics and clerical spells and that sort of thing. But this was almost entirely, uh, this is almost entirely system neutral. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the kind of information you're going to find about the gods is, is um, you know, how you, how one worships them. What are their holy days? What do their clerics wear? What are their colors? What is their favorite weapon? This is not, you know, deities and demigods where you've got armor class and hit points so you can go kill a god. That's that's not, you know, that, that's not the Lost Lands and that's not the book we're creating here. I think one of the one of the things I, I that really impacted how I write about gods, and I think it was actually something that Anthony wrote for Scarred Lands. It was basically uh, some of the uh, heroes were in the middle of this big battle in like their their particular age of myth, and. Uh, the one of the goddesses trips across the battlefield and even though she's only like the same size height wise as the other humans like maybe a foot or so taller her footsteps are so strong that she's basically stomping through the bodies of the enemies that have fallen because her density <laughs> is different and i'm like that's cool to think of these beings you know 
as being so they're definitely different they're not made of the same substance that people are made of and i just that thought that thought process always sticks with me when i'm kind of trying to create these super beings that you really can't kill it would take another one of them to kill so i was always like well it's going to take like two three demon lords working together one or two arch fiends of hell working together uh you know they're going to need help to take out a god and yeah. your mortals might not have that juice, you know, <laughs> not even a whole party of them. So I like that. So what's the most exciting part about this book that we we, we should be looking forward to? <laughs> well, I, th- I think, Casey, we got to talk about the art. Uh, oh, excellent. Let's hear about it. Yeah. Uh, for the fans uh, getting to see some of this fantastic art, I have uh, Quentin Sobruyard. Uh, it's hard to spell, but it's O-U-B-R-O-U-L-L-I-A-R-D. Look him up on uh, ArtStation. We keep him so busy, you actually might not see any of his new stuff. Uh, he did a bunch of fantastic pieces. I had uh, Hector Rodriguez. Uh, you've seen a lot of his work. He did a lot of really fantastic work, most recently for us in uh, Dwarven Fiasco. He did like all of the creatures and things. He had a, a ton of really strong pieces in there. Uh, Adrian Landeros, uh, he's, he's one of our frequent guys who also does a lot of stuff with Planet X. He's, he's got some crazy good pieces and i think we had one from uh, martina scaffa she's an italian artist who's uh living in like the netherlands but man just such such eye-popping stuff you know to give it to them and then give them the uh, art direction that uh, mark added and having them kind of spin out their their interpretations of what these things look like and there were a couple times you know mark and i were like i don't know he's like i don't know and i'm like no no I wrote this one. I'm completely happy with how this looks. This looks like I imagined it or better than <laughs> I thought of it in my mind. And he's like, oh, touche. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, was, it was really neat. We've got a, a lot of cool pieces. Uh, we grouped them together in their pantheonic kind of uh, spheres so that there'll be like a grouping of three or four deities per two, three, four deities per piece where they're kind of uh showing a little bit of their power or a little bit of their uh, their particular niche uh for example uh you know we've got the bacchus dionysus and he looks like a like a big chubby frat boy you know, <laughs> on a glass of wine and he's got like the curly hair and you know sideburns and i just look at that and i, I just smile because i'm like yeah that's that's it that's exactly how that should look you know so well uh, yeah it's a uh, artwork is is thrilling and then we have uh the cover uh which uh, i think is well, we have that piece by Colin Chan, which is showing uh, that's the one that went out on the advertisements where you hit me up. And you're like, we need to talk about this, uh, where it has that's uh, the uh, city of Zen, right? I th- yes, yes, it is. It is. It is. I can never remember which one is which, but it's 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 the siege of the army of light. Yeah. And there's demons and stuff. That one's crazy cool. The cover features a. It's kind of an homage to deities and demigods in a way because, you know, you have your uh, your two gods opposing one another on either side. But then you have the actual battle is being fought out between their proxies in the mortal world. So we have a paladin of uh, Mirror and she's like striving forward in her golden armor with the blood dripping off of the blade. And then behind her is actually her goddess, like, you know, pushing her along the path. And then you have Orcus on the other side and we have like this... Uh, Orc, orc priest of Orcus, who's just you know, and it's it's uh, Artem doing Artem to a hundred percent. They liked it so much, uh, I believe they put it on their uh, their tapestry for booths, their booth tapestry. It's one of the four pieces that they chose for our new uh, convention 
Oh, nice. We got me enthusiastic about this thing now. I'm really <laughs> that's gorgeous stuff. Awesome. That's excellent. Yeah. I mean, one of the fun parts about working on these things is getting a chance to actually have professional artists envision what sort of was in your mind before that, you know, especially the, the full color ones. I mean, I think, I think the, the army of light is a phenomenal one. You know, we've got the coronation of King Macobear. I mean, it's just, yeah. there are just some really cool things that we've read about and heard about. And now you actually get to see, and that just, it, it, it's an added bonus. And one of the benefits of my job is I get to say, Hey, how about this piece? And I sent it to Casey. And if Casey doesn't like, you know, tell me that it's a terrible idea. All of a sudden we get a great image. <laughs> that, and that will happen. We just all have, you know, our, our, our moments in the, in the sun, but you know, it's uh, we, we have, I like to pick artists based on their, they don't have to look like, I don't like it when all of the artists in the books art looks like the other artists work. You know, I like it when they have their, amount of expression that they're bringing to the table, but that they are thematically similar in their style, not necessarily visually similar in their style. I think that a variety adds a lot of richness to the uh, product. And it also, you know, uh, not a, it's uh, what's uh, Skeeter Green say where uh, he likes stuff that looks like it's actually painted as yeah. opposed to stuff that looks like a photograph. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I mean, even when you look at somebody who's like a grandmaster, like uh, Donato Giancola, right? Donato, fantastic person. You ever get a chance to meet him? But, uh, you know, they look almost photographically realistic, but it's definitely he's got his painterly style added in there. That 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 richness just draws you right into the video, into the image. Mm, that's, yeah. that's what I like when I can get that out of my artists. I try to give them a bonus. So. <laughs> and Yeah, I, I would say that seeing the artist's interpretations of what I wrote uh, in the past has always been one of the best parts of the whole experience. Uh, that is absolutely terrific to see how they envision what I put on paper. And sometimes I'm like, wow, I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> you know, it's so cool to see that. I, I love artists. I wish I was one, but I'm not. So one of my favorite pieces in the book is actually a really, really simple piece. It's uh, Ogma and the, uh, and uh, Dame Torin. Because uh, the the way the way it's described, like uh, Agma thinks she's really into him, but she's really not. But they're always together, you know, because the the wind and the sound and all of that kind of stuff. And it's so she looks like this real kind of badass, uh, you know, warrior you'd see out of like a a, a great you know uh, Shaolin movie. And then, but uh, and she's got her, you know, and then he's just kind of got this kind of smiling, happy, happy young boy <laughs> look on his face, like man, I am living the dream. Look at me go, you know. I just I love that piece so much. I'm gonna get a poster made of it. I think. Oh man, yeah, and I'm I'm real. I'm even more pumped now. It's great. <laughs> so we're gonna be coming up on time here. Could you tell the listeners where they'll be able to pick this up and where they can find you all online? Hey, we can be found at uh, necromancergames.com and of course uh, necromancergames or frogguygames.com. Uh, it's on all of the uh, social medias. We have links to all of our stuff there. Um, and uh, the release date, from what I understand, we're doing the uh, pre-advertising now, so it'll probably drop sometime in the next two weeks, is Excellent. my guess. So, uh, we, we have a boss who just sometimes just goes, 
we're going to launch this today as soon as he sees, uh, you know, our, oh, no. our preview of the uh, Indiegogo or the Kickstarter. He, you know, no no warning, just push a button and here we go. So, but we are uh, pre, pre-releasing a lot of the artwork right now, putting that out into the world so everybody has an opportunity to see that it's coming, that it exists, and to uh, build our hype. And we appreciate you having us here today so we can continue that. building that hype. No doubt. No, I'm excited for it. And like I said, I'm excited because I'm a Lost Lands fan and, I, I, and I'm just excited to get into it and tear into it and, and learn a little bit more about the Lost Lands. So that's... <laughs> I want to thank you all for coming on. It's been great to- getting a chance to talk with you. Thanks, thank you for the opportunity. May you okay. have great okay. golden glory. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. We could use any support you could give us. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.